Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalyst podcast. After a little break, um, I'm back. I'm Marcus Ali and I'm going to be hosting in a sort of a different style today um, in the episode. Michael has sent in a few clips um, just letting us recap the Toronto Masters and then giving his predictions for Cincinnati, which we like to do always towards the end of the episode. So in getting on with that, just to let you know, yeah, it's going to be mainly me. Um, doing the talking and um, then yeah I'm I'm just going to insert some some clips from Michael so you can get his insight don't worry you won't be missing out on that so at the top of the agenda at this uh, in this episode is the quite disappointing news, quite sad news that Roger Federer is is, uh, is is set to have another operation on his knee, which is it's going to be the third one of the year, um, which at 40 years old, uh, I'd have to say, is quite concerning. Um, also, the quotes that I'm just going to pull up now off of the uh, BBC, um, BBC Sport are quite damning um, in the fact of his physical condition. Um Federer, of course, made the Wimbledon quarterfinal and, and was comprehensively beaten by Hubert Urkacz and, and hasn't played since and has since said that, uh, of course, he pulled out of the Olympics and, and was set to miss the US Open. But uh, this, in addition, the, the operation means that he's going to be out quite a lot longer than that. And at 40 years old, there really is some uncertainty on whether we will see him return properly. Um, just reading these quotes now, he said... Um, that he hopes that the surgery will give him a glimmer of hope of returning to action. It'll be on crutches for many weeks and also out of the game for many months. Uh, it's going to be difficult in some ways, but at the same time, he knows it's the right thing to do because he wants to be healthy and be running around later as well. Again, now when he says the word later, I'm I'm assuming he means potentially after um, hanging up his racket and just making sure he can be mobile in retirement. So yeah, a lot sort of up in the air on, on the future of Roger, Roger Federer. Obviously, at 40 years old, we, we typically see players not playing on the tour at that age. But obviously, the sort of um, traffic that Roger Federer brings with him into tennis is, is invaluable for the sport. And um, sadly, yeah, it looks like he's going to have to recover from a, from a substantial operation again if he wants to be back and fit and fighting on the ATP tour. So to begin with a recap of last week's events in the Toronto Masters and Dan- Daniil Medvedev's crown as he is preparing pretty well in the, in the lead up to the US Open. Michael has uh, put together a little recap of the event um, just to get you up to speed. Hi guys, Michael here. Um, just going to do a quick sort of roundup of the Canadian Open, uh, which happened in Toronto last week. Sorry, we uh, we can't do this in a bit more depth, but uh, unfortunately, uh, just very very busy at the moment. Um, so can't quite get the the full length podcast out this week. Um, but uh, it was uh, an interesting Canadian Open. It didn't include any of the big three, which I think uh, is the the first time, or certainly the first time in uh, years and years that. Uh, None of them are playing either of the back-to-back master tournament, Masters tournaments uh, with Cincinnati coming up. But uh, So it was Daniel Medvedev, the, the world number two. I, I, I say the big three, but let's not forget uh, Medvedev is second in the world. Um, and he managed to win it, um, which w- was really nice to see. It, it's easy to forget, actually, that Daniel Medvedev is having a really, really impressive year. 
this year. I think the reason why I say it's easy to forget is all I really think back to is that sort of horror show of a Australian Open final that he had uh, against Djokovic when he was absolutely battered and in a match that a few people fancied him to win. He'd been fantastic that that whole Australian Open. Uh, he then went on to the clay and, and, and kind of predictably uh, wasn't brilliant until the, the French Open and actually had a really good uh, French Open. I think it was the quarter-final he got to in, in that, being knocked out by the, the runner-up Sitsipas in the end. Um, but yeah, Medvedev has actually had a, a really successful year and this um, is, is really nice to see for him coming into this uh, second half of the year or we're a little bit over uh, halfway I guess but into that final stretch of the year where Medvedev does play really well and has got some really good form of course uh, a former US Open finalist uh, but let's focus on um, last week the Canadian Open he had a, a tough first round against uh, a, a really uh, talented player is having a very good year himself, uh, Alexander Bublik, and and Bublik actually took the first set off Medvedev six four, uh, but Medvedev managed to come back and win that in three sets. He then went on to beat James Duckworth before having a, a marathon match uh, against Uber Urkash, the uh, the Wimbledon semi finalist uh, who, who beat Federer, of course, at Wimbledon at eight six in the second set tiebreak, and a seven five. In a third set tiebreak, Medvedev winning both those tiebreakers. That was after he lost the first set six two. So, a uh, really really fantastic uh, grinding there from Medvedev. Um, and after that absolute marathon quarterfinal, he was able to go and demolish uh, John Isner six two six two in the semi final. Um, before beating Riley Opelka in the final six four six three. Um. Opelka had only had his serve broken twice before that final. Medvedev managed to do it three times in that match. A real testament to uh, the Russians' return game. But uh, let's talk about Riley Opelka uh, making his first Masters 1000 final. Probably the sort of player that we don't give enough credit to on this podcast. I know we kind of uh, joke and moan a little bit about the the big serving, massive American players. Um... But uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, tournament that Riley Opelka had. The 23-year-old, you know, he's, he's still a very young player. Uh, a lot of room to progress. He, um, like Medvedev, came from a set down in his first match uh, to beat Nick Kyrgios. Uh, second set tie break, then third set 6-4. Um, bit more comfortable fashion against Grigor Dimitrov, but then uh, another real... Tester against Lloyd Harris, who uh, of course had beaten the Dow in Washington the, the week before. He uh, lost the first set Opelka six four, and then, like Medvedev did uh, in his match against Herkash, uh, Opelka then went on to win a second set tiebreak eight uh, six. Before that third set seven four in a tiebreak, um, so coming back and winning the the tiebreak sets. It really was a tournament of tiebreaks. Actually, there were the tiebreaks everywhere and anywhere in these matches. Um, on that theme, he beat Bautista Agu in the quarterfinal, 6-3, 7-6. Uh, and then going on to Stefano Tsitsipas, which was a very uh, serving-dominated match. Uh, there was only one break of serve in the whole match, and it was uh, right near the end, uh, and Opelka managed to get it off the, the French Open finalist, uh, the third seed at this tournament, Tsitsipas. Um, 
Nadal, I think, was meant to be the second seed, actually, um, but had to withdraw injured. So Tsitsipas, the third seed at the tournament, but effectively the second seed, um, with Nadal not being able to play, uh, kind of worrying injury signs for him at the moment. Um, but yeah, Opelka went on to win that match after losing a first set tiebreak, winning the next two 7-6, 6-4. So this, uh, six matches, uh, sorry, yeah, six matches this week. He, he had lost the opening set in four of them, uh, still managing to, to make the final. Uh, of course, one of those matches was Medvedev, uh, where he did lose the first set as well. And, and unfortunately for him, the, the second set, the really good week for the big serving American. I think this... Um, this stretch of the season, the U.S. hard courts is really going to match up to his playing style well. And so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on at Cincinnati this week. He's got a first-round match against Quarantan Mute. Uh, I believe he's a qualifier for the tournament. Um, but yeah, really, really impressive from the young American. Um, just looking at Sitsipas, actually, though you could say it's a disappointing loss uh, in, in the semi-final to Opelka, I think... He did have quite a good week, Sitsipas. Uh, he struggled to find form after that French Open final uh, devastating defeat at the hands of Novak Djokovic, uh, coming so close to lifting his first Grand Slam. Um, lost first round at Wimbledon, uh, got one win at the, the German Open, but uh, lost there to Krajinovic. Um, but he managed to beat uh, Ugo Umbe. In the first round, who is a player playing uh, very well at the moment, the young French player. That also had a tie-break in, which Umber won 15-13 in the second set. A marathon tie-break, but as it's pass, won the other two sets quite comfortably. He then beat Karen Hatchinoff, 6-3, 6-2, a player who uh, is playing well at the moment. I think, uh, was it an Olympic semi-final he got to? Uh, or was it, no, it was the Olympic final, wasn't it? Um took the silver medal uh, against Alexander Zverev. So a uh, really comfortable win for six bats, uh, six three six two, and then demolishing Kaspar Ruud in the quarterfinal. So actually, uh, despite that loss to Opelka, I think Sitsipas can come away from uh, Canada with his head held high. Um, doesn't look like he's playing the Cincinnati uh, Masters this week. Um Although, no, I'm, no, I do have that wrong, actually. He has a bye, uh, and in the second round, uh, could face Seb Corder. So, a real tough match for the Greek there. But, uh, yeah, sorry if that was just sort of a, a big sort of rattling off of, of results. Um, we're very busy at the moment, and just having to, to quickly digest all of the tennis that uh, has been going on recently. Um, but that was the Canadian Open, uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, Taking the title, really good to see, and, and also a really impressive week from the young American, Ryan Opelka, and I think two players you should really be keeping your eye on at this time of the year, and, and uh, two players I'd, ex I'd expect to have encouraging US Opens. Um, perhaps Medvedev, of course, more so than Opelka. I'm not expecting Opelka to have a run to the semi-final or something. I mean, it's possible, but uh, I, I can't I can't see it. But uh, Medvedev should be turning up at that US Open thinking he's got a really good chance of winning it. You you know, you've seen Nadal's got some big injury problems. There's there's doubts that he might even not... He did it. Uh, sorry, there's doubts that he even play the US Open. Uh, Federer has pulled out. Um, I think Marcus is, is doing a little voice note on that. Um, and, and Djokovic choosing not to play Canada or Cincinnati just to sort of rest up after the 
disappointing Olympic Games he had. So, um, yeah, uh, Medvedev, I think, is really going to fancy himself at the US Open. I think people outside of Djokovic would see the Russian as the favourite. So moving on to this week, and I'm going to go for my picks of the Cincinnati Masters first. Now, there's been a little bit of a, a tremor in, in my draw to, to begin with. I had predicted Brandon Nakashima at the top of the draw to come through Daniil Medvedev's uh, section. I thought the Russian maybe might be a little bit wary about his body and, um, yeah, just preparing, being being ultra careful ahead of the US Open. That's looks set not to happen. And Nakashima has proceeded to go out in the first round to Mackenzie McDonald. So that one is a bit of a failure. I think Alexander Bublik, though, could possibly make some waves in that section of the draw. So just starting with my quarterfinal predictions at the top of the draw, I had, as I said, sadly, the departed Nakashima to face Pablo Corona Busta. I've got um, the, the Olympic bronze medalist to come through the tests of uh, Dominic Kurtfer and Uber Urkacz uh, to make the quarterfinal. And yeah, I do. That is the quarterfinals as far as I have him to get. Uh, in the second quarterfinal, I've got Andre Rublev, who's had an indifferent year to, to really hit his straps on the hard courts now and beat Aslan Karatsev and Alex Diminor on the way to setting up a quarterfinal with Denis Shapovalov. Um, I've got Shapovalov to beat Benoit Parent and Cameron Norrie, who I've got to knock out the Washington champion Yannick Sinner along the way. So Rublev Chapeau could be a very interesting quarterfinal if it does come to pass. Uh, the third quarterfinal, I've got Ugo and Bear. Uh, the winner of the Haller event this year to beat Francis Tiafo and Kasper Ruud on his way to setting up a quarterfinal of Alexander Zverev, who actually does have quite a tricky second round um, matchup with Lloyd Harris. And then the bottom of the draw, I've got Matteo Berrettini playing his first uh, tournament actually since Wimbledon. I've got him to beat the Olympic silver medalist Karen Hatchinov um, along the way to facing Lorenzo Sonego in the bottom quarterfinal. This is a Sitsipas section, but I feel like Sitsipas maybe not in such great form on the hard courts and might might after showing some the, the in glimpses um the class that he has in Toronto that he might have his sights set on the on the US Open and maybe preparing a bit better for that as he didn't obviously uh, as we saw when he went out in the first round of Wimbledon. So I've got Sonego to come through the tests of Carlos Alcaraz, Tommy Paul and Sebastian Corda on the way to setting up that quarter final. Uh, so on to my two semi-finals, you got Karen Buster Rublev, got Rublev to get through there, and Alexander Zverev versus Matteo Berrettini. What a match that could be if it does materialise. I've actually got Zverev to come through and take the title, what I believe I think would be his second Masters title of the year. So yeah, Alex Zverev, for me, the, the champion in Cincinnati could be quite an interesting week for the German as he looks to back up his, his um, first Grand Slam final as it was at the US Open in 2020. Uh, let's see what Michael's got for us. Hi guys, uh, me again. Just going to uh, now run through my predictions for Cincinnati. I don't know if Mar how Marcus is uh, going to order the, the clips on this uh, makeshift podcast, but if you have already heard Marcus's show, uh, I can assure you mine is nowhere near as interesting. I have uh, seen a preview of, of his one and... Uh, He's really going for some big calls. I've maybe played it a little bit safer, uh, maybe to do with the fact that I kind of need to get every point if I want to beat Marcus in our little uh, in our competition, every point remaining uh, of the season, that is. Um, so I'm assuming Marcus will do the same, just go through the quarterfinals as per, so the top quarterfinal. 
I've got uh, the Canadian Open champion Daniel Medvedev to face uh, Pablo Carreño Busta. Um, Carreño Busta, of course, having a, a really good year this year. Still not really having lost to anyone um, that you wouldn't really have expected him to, to lose to. Um, uh, yeah, just a fantastic year. We, we, we can't really give him enough praise on this podcast. Um, and Medvedev, I'm, I'm just sort of backing to continue the good form. I think it was a couple of years ago. I'm fairly certain he won back-to-back Masters titles around this time. Might have got that wrong, but um, I just feel like it's a bit too much of a risk not to back Medvedev. So I've got Medvedev against Karenio Booster, first against the seventh seed. Uh, and I've got Medvedev progressing to the semi in that one. Could be a really good matchup though. Uh, Karenio Booster does like this part of the season. Um, very good runs. Uh, the U.S. Open um, in in the past, I think he's twice a semi-finalist there now, uh, so he'll be gearing up for for that tournament. Uh, second quarter final, I've got Andre Rublev uh, to face Denis Shapovalov again. Sort of gone with the seeds here. Um, Shapovalov got a very tough, well, potential tough uh, round against Cam Norrie, um, or Yannick Sinner, or John Isner. That's a, it's a pretty stacked little quarter. You've got Sinner. Against Del Bonis, and I, I believe at the time of recording this, uh, Sinner, yeah, Sinner has just beaten Del Bonis in straights, um, and then he'll face the winner of John Isner, Cam Norrie. I mean, that's a horrible first round for both Isner and Norrie. Yeah, Norrie, of course, having an amazing year. Uh, Isner just always dangerous at this level, making the semi final of uh, the Canadian Open. Uh, not to to uh, be cocky, but uh, I I did pull off uh, Isner to the semi last week, which I was quietly uh, smug about. Uh, I think it managed to to get me some, some good points on, on the draw. Um, second quarter final, um, I've gone for Ugo Umber uh, to get to the quarter and face Alexander Zverev. Um, got Umber to come through against last week's finalist Opelka in the third round, who I have got to beat the APC Casper Rude in the second round. I... I I think Opelka is phenomenal, you know, if he turns up and serves well, he'll beat anyone. But Umber, for me, is, is really impressing me in the last uh, few weeks. He's had some good results and very nearly beating Sitsipas last week. Um, well, I, I say very nearly, he did lose the two sets he lost quite comfortably. Um, but uh, did win a, a heroic 15-13 uh, tiebreak in that match. Um so yeah, I like uh, Umber's chances of making the quarterfinal, uh, facing, of course, the Olympic gold medalist, medalist Alexander Zverev, who I know Marcus uh, is fancying this week. I very nearly put him to lose in the second round to Lloyd Harris, the young South African who, of course, is also on uh, in sorry electric form. Uh, so that could be a really good second round match. Uh, Harris has got to come through against Nishioka, uh, the qualifier in, in, in the... Uh, the first round, I'm not sure if that match is ongoing at the time of recording, that the result probably would have come through by the time you're listening to this. We've got Zverev to win that quarterfinal. And then the last quarterfinal, I've got the Wimbledon finalist, uh, Matteo Berrettini, on his return to face Stefano Tsitsipas. And I've actually gone for Berrettini to win this match, um, just because Tsitsipas has been struggling for form at times. It was a good week, like I said on my, my last voice piece, Um but I, I do think he's at a sort of perhaps a little bit of a vulnerable period at the moment um, following that French Open. And Berrettini served his way to, to a Wimbledon final and a Queen's title before that on the grass. And I, I think 
if he can get that serve going on the hard course of Cincinnati, uh, it will carry him through. I've actually got him making the final, beating Ingsberg in the semi, just because I, I, I never really have any hope in Zverev. I always find it's a bit of a risky one. Um, so yeah, I've got Berrettini to meet Medvedev in the final, who I've got to win uh, the all-Russian semi against Andre Rublev. Uh, and I've got Medvedev to take the title again, uh, as I say, backing him to to uh, do the back-to-back titles. Always a little bit risky. Um, I've not heard of any fitness problems from Canada. But then again, admittedly, because I've been quite busy, I've, I haven't really looked. Um, so if there are some injury problems, uh, you know, that's going to backfire a little bit. Um, but yeah, Medvedev-Berrettini final does feel a little bit risky. Both players, Medvedev for that reason, you know, don't really know how he's feeling. Um, and Berrettini, because he hasn't actually played since Wimbledon, I believe. Um, I know it was, wasn't that long ago, but, um, you know, let's see how he responds uh, after losing that uh, final to Novak Djokovic. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, the, the sort of brief overview of my predictions. Um got the Brit Dan Evans to beat the temp seed Diego Schwartzman in the first round. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any too big uh, picks in there, to be honest. I think relatively safe uh, for me this week. Uh, so, yeah, oh, of course, Andy Murray uh, is playing this tournament. He's got a wild card into it. Uh, he's facing Richard Gasquet, who's a qualifier. I didn't actually know who the qualifier would be. I did pick the qualifier to beat Murray. Um... But I'm actually looking at that draw now, and I think Murray will probably beat Richard Gasquet in the first round before uh, facing probably Uber Herkash in the second round if he gets past Davidovich Fakina. And I think Herkash will be a solid favourite for me to, to beat Murray in that second round. Uh, but good to see Murray, of course, back on the singles court. Apologies for the change in style of this episode. Michael and I'll be endeavouring to get a, a proper rundown of, of both events um, in the coming weeks. I think Sunday is going to be our slot moving forward when we're going to be uh, attempting to get a recording in. Um, the problem this week was, of course, the Toronto final was happening in terms of UK time late in the evening. So if we were to record at that time, it would have been a bit, a bit of guesswork um, with, with the final um, impending. But hopefully, yeah, we'll, we'll be back to, to respond to the action in the Cincinnati Masters. It's set to be a great week of tennis um, and then look forward to the US Open. What a tournament and what an end of the year it could really be. So thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.